The following program is being brought to you on the Seventh Wave Network. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit SeventhWaveNetwork.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit VoiceAmerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. The teachings of the Ascended Masters are universal and available to all. The Ascended Masters themselves are the saints and sages of East and West, and their teachings incorporate the original core beliefs of all the world's major religions. No matter which religious path you follow, you will find these teachings equally compelling. This is The Open Door. Come along with us as we explore the teachings of the Ascended Masters. Here are the hosts for The Open Door, Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. Hello, hello. Welcome to The Open Door, the online voice of the Summit Lighthouse, where we publish and practice the teachings of the Ascended Masters and where we invite you to awaken to your inner divinity. I'm Tom Schumacher. And I'm Terry Kennedy. Hi, you, Terry. Hi. Got a question for you. Okay. Ever gone through a period in your life when everything just kind of felt dark and heavy and you wondered what it was and when it would end? Well, sure. Yeah, I think most of us actually have experienced times like that in our lives at some point. Yeah, well, I think so, too. And we're not talking about a bad mood or occasional misfortune or things like that. No, I think we're talking about extended periods when it seems like someone's literally shut off the light and we're stumbling around (laughs) in the dark looking for the switch to turn it back on. Well, that's right. You know, we're referring to something that's persistent, perplexing, and often painful. Nice alliteration, huh? It was. And I wonder how many people equate these experiences with what we know as the dark night of the soul. Well, that's a good question. Mm -hmm. I guess we we would have to define what the dark (laughs) night of the soul actually is and what it's not. But before we go there, did you notice that we just did it again, Tom? (laughs) Did what? Well, without hardly taking a breath, we went right for the deep end of the water. I know. Jumped right into the deep end, didn't we? (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we surely did. Once again, we passed go without a backward glance. Well, you know, and here's why. There is no time to waste. People all around the world are experiencing the return of personal karma. What we know as the dark night of the soul. Quite right. And we hasten to tell everyone who will listen that this is an important initiation that we all must pass. And unfortunately, there are many people who misunderstand this challenging passage, and they end up blaming God, cursing him for causing this misfortune to befall them. Oh, yeah. Why me, Lord? You know, what did I do to deserve this? Well, imagine a lone figure shaking a fist toward heaven, and you'll get the idea. It's practically a cliché. Yet, sadly, most people don't realize who's really accountable for for the misfortunes that they experience. We each must bear the burden of our own personal karma and for what comes our way. We really have no one to blame but ourselves. So when the dark night of the soul comes to you, embrace it as an opportunity to make real progress on the path because experiencing the dark night means that you're actually ready to deal with it in a way that advances your soul on your homeward journey. And don't think for a minute that your travail is God's fault. That would be a terrible mistake. Which explains why we can't wait to dive into this subject headfirst without preamble. Yeah, like I said, no time to waste. So, let's define the dark night of the soul. Okay, in the path of Christhood and the return to God, the soul passes through what the 16th century mystic St. John of the Cross described as the dark night. And actually, there are two aspects of the dark night. 
The first is experienced as one encounters the return of personal karma, what we were talking about just a moment ago, and this, well, this is the dark night of the soul. The dark night of the soul is in preparation for the dark night of the spirit. Mm -hmm. When the soul is cut off from the I am presence and must survive for a time solely on the light garnered in the heart while holding the balance for planetary karma. Today, we want to focus on the dark night of the soul because many of us, many of you, are very likely in the midst of this challenging experience right now or on the brink of it. And it is so much better to be prepared than to be surprised. When we are able, by our choice, to embrace our returning personal karma as opportunity rather than misfortune, we make huge strides on our spiritual journey. Sort of like turning lemons into lemonade. <laughs> well, you know, maybe a silly example, but highly apropos. Yeah. Well, the Ascended Masters admonish us to borrow a biblical preference, if you will, to keep our lamps trimmed in preparation for handling our returning karma. You know, these lamps are a reference to our chakras, and the best way to fill them and keep them filled is through the use of dynamic decrees that harness high-frequency spiritual energies such as the violet flame. When we give the violet flame decrees, and other decrees too, for that matter, we accelerate the transmutation of karma. And we, therefore, must maintain reserves of light in our chakras for those times when the situation demands that we must draw on our light account. Like the dark night. Well, precisely. And it is through the dark night that our souls gain the full realization of the Christ consciousness. So, there's a lot at stake, and we don't want to get derailed by anger and blaming and sidestepping accountability. You know, Terry, um, I'm remembering that another way the dark night of the soul has been portrayed is the trial by fire. If you think of the soul's journey through life, it's kind of like precious metals going through the refiner's fire. It's a necessary step that we really cannot avoid. And to gain immortality, our souls must be purged. They must be subjected to the refiner's fire in order to show readiness for making great leaps on the ladder of consciousness. Yeah, and we might be able to postpone the trial by fire in the dark night for a while, but sooner or later our turn will come. And if you want to pass this test with flying colors, then apply yourself to invocations of the sacred fire, especially the violet flame, to accelerate the forgiveness of sin, right all wrongs, and bring the four lower bodies into alignment with the original blueprint of creation. <laughs> oh, is that all? Just that. Shoot, you know, piece of, <laughs> piece of cake. Okay, well, maybe a little more challenging than that. After all, the story of the biblical character Job portrays a dark night of the soul of epic proportions. Only the rarest among us will have to contend with a dark night that extreme. Yet for Job, even after losing everything, I mean, we're talking about family, <laughs> possessions, reputation, health, he never once cursed God or resisted the stripping of his possessions. You know, and in the end, by being steadfast in his faith and his willingness to endure the dark night of the soul, God rewarded him with even more than he had before. Showing that the dark night of the soul is finite. It will end. And that the result of surrendering our human karma, our uh, I should say our human desires and attachments, is oneness with all that is truly good and beautiful in the universe. You know, surely we don't want to be stuck here forever. When just around the spiritual bend, God awaits us, ready to bestow upon us the riches of his kingdom. I guess it comes down to what kind of riches do we really want. Well, you know, Jesus taught his disciples about the difficulty of this testing of the soul. Remember the story of the rich man who asked Jesus what he could do or what he should do to have eternal life? Oh, sure. You know, Jesus told him to sell what he had, give to the poor, and follow him. But the rich man couldn't do it, and he went away in sorrow because he could not part with his wealth. It was at this point that Jesus famously told his disciples that it was easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle 
than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And Jesus' point was not that it was a sin to be rich. Oh, no. But that the soul must put God before earthly riches. But this does bring up a very important point about the soul testing we must all one day endure. During this period of testing and initiation, we are called to surrender all of the trappings of our human ego, what some have called the stripping of the garments, and surrender them to the divine ego, our higher self. Let go and let God. Yep, that's it. Again, as we mentioned a few minutes ago, we must surrender our human desires and our attachment to our possessions. And as we do so, we gradually experience the spiritual love and blessings that come from surrendering the lesser self. You know, we know that in some ways this subject can present a challenge for even the stoutest of souls, but fear not. Jesus said, I will not leave you comfortless. There is light at the end of the tunnel, and this is a truth and a promise that we must never forget. Even the darkest night ends with the dawn of a new day. And as you prepare yourself for the eventual dark night, do so with the knowledge that what you are preparing for is a wondrous new day. Well, that's right. A wondrous new day that will fill your heart with joy and give wings to your soul. So look forward to this testing with hope and expectation, not dread. And prepare yourself so that when it does come, you'll be ready. You know, today on this subject, we have a couple of wonderful and very thought-provoking excerpts from a lecture on the subject of the dark night of the soul and the trial by fire by Elizabeth Clare Prophet, and it's titled The Phoenix Fire Mystery. Let's play our first excerpt right now. The trial by fire is an initiation that comes to everyone. Listen to the words of the Apostle Paul as they outline the tests of the trial by fire you will face in this life. Other foundation can no man lay that is laid, which is Jesus Christ. Now if any man build upon this foundation, gold, silver, precious stones, wood, hay, stubble, every man's work shall be made manifest, for the day shall declare it, because it shall be revealed by fire, and the fire shall try every man's work of what sort it is. If any man's work abide which he hath built thereupon, he shall receive a reward. If any man's work shall be burned, he shall suffer loss, but he himself shall be saved, yet so as by fire. Know ye not that ye are the temple of God? and that the Spirit of God dwelleth in you. If any man defile the temple of God, him shall God destroy. For the temple of God is holy, which temple ye are. The trial by fire is not simply karmic initiation, although in some of its aspects it is delivered through returning personal and planetary karma, as I have said. The trial by fire is an initiation that takes place when an individual is ready to shed the snakeskin of the former self and is simultaneously able to receive an increase in the fire in his chakras, an increase in the light of the heart, and a greater balancing of his threefold flame. This is the Phoenix Mystery. The trial by fire comes to an individual when he can withstand the purging that is necessary, necessary to receive a greater increment of fire in his being. The goal of the devotee passing through the trial by fire is to become permanently endowed with sacred fire and fused to his holy Christ self. Prior to arriving at the point of this initiation, 
The devotee on the path may day by day balance karma, invoke the violet flame and serve life, growing in grace and in the wisdom of the mysteries of Christ. When he has showed himself approved unto God as a workman that needeth not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth, when he has fulfilled the requirements of discipleship and magnetized the love of God in his being, he will reach the moment when he is ready for the trial by fire. The trial by fire is entered into by those who love God with the full fervor of their being. Only those who love God with all their heart and soul and mind and their neighbor as themselves have the courage to pass through the gates of the trial by fire. They are willing to bear the cross of this initiation in order to receive the crown of everlasting life. When such a devotee emerges from this experience, which may take days, weeks, or lifetimes, he is consumed with a desire to convey to other souls, drop by drop and cup by cup, portions of that fire which he has now become. Then there was the 16th century mystic and poet, St. John of the Cross. There is a record of his experience of the soul's trial by fire in his spiritual treaties. St. John founded the Discalced, meaning barefoot Carmelites, in Spain. He served primarily as an administrator, but the thing he liked to do most was spiritual counseling. St. John says the goal of spiritual life is union with God through the living flame of love. This union is thwarted by the voluntary inordinate appetites of the soul. He calls the soul's journey leading to union with God the dark night. During the dark night, the soul is purged by the same light with which it seeks to be united. Remember the phoenix mystery. The phoenix is consumed by the same fire from which he emerges reborn. St. John writes, Before the divine fire is introduced into and united to the substance of the soul through a person's perfect and complete purgation and purity, its flame, which is the Holy Spirit, wounds it by destroying and consuming the imperfections of its bad habits. That is exactly what the violet flame of the Holy Spirit does. It destroys and consumes. We say that it transmutes the imperfections of our bad habits. St. John says that same flame also bathes the soul in glory and refreshes it with a quality of divine life. John compares God's purging fire of love to the fire that penetrates the log of wood. The fire first makes an assault upon the wood, wounding it with its flame, drying it out and stripping it of its unsightly qualities. By heating and enkindling it from without, the fire transforms the wood into itself and makes it as beautiful as it is itself. Imperfections are the fuel which catches on fire, and once they are gone, there is nothing left to burn. So it is here on earth. When the imperfections are gone, the soul's suffering terminates and joy remains. What do you experience when you are saturated with a violet flame? Joy. Nothing but joy upon joy. Joy upon joy. Yes. When we return, we will hear another excerpt from the Phoenix Fire Mystery by Elizabeth Clare Prophet. Don't go away. Mm-hmm. 
The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Seek greater awareness. At the Summit Lighthouse, our goal is to help you awaken to the light within and discover your real self. Today, thousands of spiritual seekers all around the world are using the universal teachings of the Ascended Masters to make their higher selves a permanent part of their reality. And you can too. The Ascended Masters are the saints and sages of East and West from all major religions and spiritual paths. They have walked where you walk and understand the challenges you face. And their teachings are always practical. By applying the science of the spoken word through verbal prayers called decrees, the masters teach us how to harness the healing power of the violet flame and other spiritual energies to transform our lives and our world. On the open door, it is our goal and great joy to bring you ascended master teachings that you can apply in your life right now. To learn more about the Summit Lighthouse and the teachings of the Ascended Masters, visit us today at tsl.org and discover how you can awaken to the light within. It's what you're here to do. Remember, tsl.org. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. None of us is exempt from karma, but wherever and whenever we use the violet flame, we create a new heaven and a new earth right where we are and we speed up the transmutation of our karma. Here once again is Elizabeth Clare Prophet on Violet Flame, the Dark Night of the Soul, our redemption and ultimate victory. The Violet Flame is a gentle flame. You can drink almost unlimited portions of it and not in any way be burdened. The Violet Flame transmutes those substances in all levels of being that you are prepared to cast into the sacred fire, those conditions of the human consciousness without which you can still retain your identity. Sometimes our identity is all mixed up with our karma and our psychology, and were we to attempt to cast it into the violet flame, we would not be able to do so because until we have separated out from it and seen it for what it is, we cannot simply take a hunk of our human consciousness and say, be dissolved. This is why we work. Jesus said, my Father worketh hitherto, and I work. We work daily on our consciousness, our state of being, on directing the violet flame into these records, the gentle violet flame, the all-consuming, transmuting violet flame. Day by day, we create a new heaven and a new earth where we are by this violet flame. It has much to do with whether you pass through the trial by fire successfully or not. The violet flame is the pre-fire that comes to us before we must enter that all-consuming fire of God, that sacred fire 
in all of its white intensity. Whether you sing your decrees or speak them, you are calling forth the violet flame from the heart of God by your exercise of the science and the power of the spoken word. The violet flame is the seventh ray aspect of the Holy Spirit. The fire that descended upon the apostles on Pentecost, described in the book of Acts, manifested as cloven tongues that sat upon each of them, and they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. The violet flame comes to us under the sponsorship of the ascended master Saint Germain, hierarch of the Aquarian Age. I want to explain to you that the fire that descended upon the apostles is the flame of the Holy Spirit, the white fire. It is not the violet flame. The Saint Germain's violet flame is one-seventh of that total sacred fire. Saint Germain then reintroduced the violet flame in the 20th century, not since the early days of Atlantis when its Golden Age civilization was at its height have mankind had direct access to the violet flame, invoking it as you just did. Saint Germain has told us that the violet flame is a physical flame. Of all the rays that emerge from the white light, it is closest in vibratory action to the chemical elements and compounds of matter. The violet flame can combine with any particle of matter. Therefore, it is the antidote for physical problems. When you invoke the violet flame for the healing of specific problems, this is how it works. It envelops each atom of your being. A polarity is set up between the nucleus of the atom and the white fire core of the flame. The dual action of the light in the nucleus of the atom and the light in the enveloping violet flame establishes an oscillation. The oscillation causes the untransmuted densities to be dislodged from between the electrons. At non-physical or metaphysical dimensions of matter, the electrons begin to vibrate with an increased amount of energy. They literally throw the misqualified substance into the violet flame. On contact with a fiery essence of the flame, the misqualified energy is transmuted. God's energy is restored to its native purity. The alchemy takes place on what we call the material plane, but not necessarily in the objective, physical plane. Every atom of substance has its counterpart in the astral, mental, and etheric compartments of the matter universe, as well as in the spiritual octaves of light. The violet flame is the key to the phoenix mystery. It is purifying and rejuvenating. By giving violet flame decrees daily, you transmute the records of karma in your four lower bodies and your subconscious mind. By this means, you can alter, mitigate, or entirely turn back the prophecy of personal and planetary karma. None of us is exempt from this karmic summing up. We have to be realists. We have to be ready to balance our accounts. We have to prepare ourselves for the trial by fire, because ready or not, here it comes. St. John described two kinds of dark nights according to what he understood as the two parts of the soul, sensory and spiritual. 
The Ascended Masters teach that the dark night of the soul is the soul's encounter with the return of personal karma. If the soul has not kept her chakras filled with light, the dark night may eclipse the light of the soul and its discipleship under Jesus Christ. The dark night of the soul precedes the initiation of the dark night of the spirit. The dark night of the spirit is the supreme test of Christhood. The soul is, as it were, cut off from the I Am Presence. It must survive solely on the light garnered in the heart, while holding the balance for planetary karma. Souls on earth are going through these initiations today, ill-equipped, ill-prepared. The timing of these initiations at the end of 25,800 years is now disregarding the state of the souls on the planet. All are going through these tests. Describing the activity of the Holy Spirit in the soul transformed by love, St. John writes that the flame of love of the Holy Spirit causes the soul to burn up in the fire of love. So intense is this burning that the soul is seemingly consumed in that flame. And the fire makes it go out of itself, wholly renews it, and changes its manner of being. As in the case of the phoenix, which burns itself in the fire and rises anew from the ashes. David said in this regard, My heart was inflamed and my reins have been changed. Reins is a word for kidneys and in general for other organs. So it is the purging of the organs of the body, purged of karmic records. Our records lodge in our organs, which is why our organs become diseased because it is the outpicturing of karma. Now I was reading the quote from St. John of the Cross when he spoke about the phoenix. He was writing of that mystery and that legend. St. John says the appetites and affections which the prophet refers to as reigns are all changed to divine ones in that inflammation of the heart. Inflammation. If you do not feel a burning in your heart and in your chakras the way the disciples did on the road to Emmaus, you can pray to Jesus to superimpose his sacred heart over your heart. Your heart should be literally a fiery cauldron that consumes personal karma, world karma, world pain, and suffering. El Moria says there is a certain friction that is required for all attainment on the path. The Ascended Masters say they deliberately bring together individuals whose karmic patterns grate on each other so that they can knock the rough edges off of one another, so to speak. If you have a friend that brings out the worst in you, praise God. <laughs> you might never have seen it before. And that's what happens when you go into the retreats of the Brotherhood at etheric levels. You find you are put into retreats with the people with whom you have the most karma by way of finding out a lot about yourself and developing qualities of patience and forgiveness. So Serapis Bay says that balancing karma is sometimes like polishing rocks. There's a process of polishing called abrasive tumbling. Rocks are put in a rotation drum along with abrasive material. 
The abrasive grating against the rocks causes friction, which wears down the rough edges and polishes the stones. Other means of finishing are blasting and hammering. (laughs) That's if you're too dense to get it the first time. (laughs) Sound familiar? The path can be a great and a grating experience. Remember, where there's friction, there's heat. Where there's heat, there's fire. Where there's fire, there are ashes. And where there are ashes, there is the newborn phoenix. The rebirth of the phoenix out of the fiery flames portends the reincarnation of your soul. The ashes of the phoenix are the ingredients of selfhood. They are the distillation of the former self and the seeds of the new self. The ashes are the positive and negative karma you bring back with you and that portion of soul identity that has become endued with God. The ashes of the karmic self have a plus-minus or yang-yin polarity. The yang and the yin represent light and darkness. Every one of us is shaped out of the karma of our previous lifetimes. Your karma is the causes you have set in motion and the effects you will reap from those causes. In his epistle to the Galatians, the Apostle Paul set forth the law of karma taught to him by Jesus Christ. Every man shall bear his own burden. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. By the law of karma, God gave us the opportunity to learn the lessons of our sowings and our reapings, the good and the bad. Through the successive incarnations of our soul, we reap the ancient sowings. Your soul's sojourn on earth, lifetime after lifetime, is intended to be an upward spiral. No, a treadmill existence is not your destiny. In the Hindu epic, the Mahabharata, the sage Sanat Kumara also teaches that the goal of reincarnation is self-transcendence. He says, as a goldsmith purifies the dross of his metal by repeatedly casting it into the fire with very persistent efforts of his own, after the same manner the soul succeeds in cleaning herself by her course through hundreds of births. Through the trials and tribulations of each lifetime, your soul is purifying the dross. She is transmuting the mutable elements of the lesser self into the immutable gold of the real self. The Phoenix mystery is you, every day, meeting the challenge of your returning karma. It is you going through the process of growth, of refinement, yes, of self-transcendence. The Apostle Paul said, I die daily. So should we be able to say, I die daily. And by this we mean, some part of my lesser self dies daily, clearing the way for a part of my higher self to appear on earth exactly 
as it is already in heaven. Yes, the Phoenix mystery is the daily dying unto the soul's daily transfiguration in Christ Jesus, our Lord. Oh, amen. And may we pass all our tests. Yes. Well, up next, our weekly Q&A, and today, once again, we are joined by Reverend Sidney Bennett. Please stay with us. Be visionary. This is the Voice America 7th Wave Channel. At the Summit Lighthouse, our goal is to help you awaken to the light within and discover your real self. Today, thousands of spiritual seekers all around the world are using the universal teachings of the Ascended Masters to make their higher selves a permanent part of their reality. And you can too. The Ascended Masters are the saints and sages of East and West from all major religions and spiritual paths. They have walked where you walk and understand the challenges you face. And their teachings are always practical. By applying the science of the spoken word through verbal prayers called decrees, the masters teach us how to harness the healing power of the violet flame and other spiritual energies to transform our lives and our world. On The Open Door, it is our goal and great joy to bring you Ascended Master teachings that you can apply in your life right now. To learn more about the Summit Lighthouse and the teachings of the Ascended Masters, visit us today at tsl.org and discover how you can awaken to the light within. It's what you're here to do. Remember, tsl.org. The Seventh Wave Channel on the Voice America Network. You are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. Here we are again, and uh, happy to welcome Sidney Bennett as we continue our examination of the dark night of the soul. Hi, Sid. Hi. Hi, Sid. (laughs) Okay. Is the dark night of the soul something that each of us gets to look forward to, or are there some who are actually exempted from experiencing it? The good news is no one is exempted. (laughs) Um, I think that's the good news anyway. (laughs) No, You know, I I think what we have to get away from the mindset that, oh, something terrible is going to happen to me. Yeah. You know, I mean, what terrible happens to us is our karma that we don't deal with. That is terrible. But we have the tools not only to balance our karma, but to prepare ourselves for this initiation. And you think, well, you know, I liked it better the other way when Jesus saved me and I didn't have to do anything. (laughs) Yeah. But, you know, it's just not the way it is. And when you think about it, how much more we're going to gain by passing through this initiation the mastery that will come to us when, by God's grace, we get through it. And we have to prepare for it. That's clear. And so it's not something to be, you know, made light of in one sense, but it's not something to fear either, because if we are prepared, we will pass it. And the rewards, as you say, Tom, are out of this world. <laughs> out of this world. Well, you know, I think one of the reasons why that probably comes across that way is that we think of a concept like dark night, when it actually it's the dawning. Of new light. I mean, it's the other it's side. It's the beginning. It. It's yeah. the beginning. And that doesn't mean it's not hard. No, I mean, no. I'm not trying to pretend that this is right. just, you know, a stroll in the park because it's not. And it takes focus. It takes attention. 
it takes love, mm-hmm. the love of mm-hmm. God and of your soul to go through this. But what has happened is we've kind of gotten a little bit lazy and we procrastinated this day. And, and in a way, I don't know if this contributed, but you know, Jesus, when he died on the cross, he agreed to hold the balance for our karma and world karma for 2000 years so that we would start to progress on the path and get strong enough for these initiations. Well, some of us have not made good use of those 2000 years. And so we're a little behind. So we have to play some catch up. Yep. But it's time that we stood before our God and said, I am ready, Lord, to take the next step. And remember, that's all that God is asking of you is the next step. He's not asking you to, you know, be Jesus Christ personified tomorrow. But we begin that step as we go forward to put on our Christhood. And as we do that, yes, these tests will come. Yes, they're hard, but not too hard if we're prepared. And as always, extremely well said, Sid. Thank you. Well, you know, God in his mercy would never allow us to go through the dark night before we were capable of handling it. But there are steps we can take to help us through it, aren't there? Well, absolutely. It's like anything else. If you're studying for a final exam in school or college or whatever, you prepare for it. Right. And so you prepare for these tests. And one of the best way you can do is by balancing the karma. Because, again, as we've, we've shared before, karma is impersonal. It's a law just like gravity. Mm-hmm. And it doesn't matter whether you've got good intentions or bad intentions. The karma comes back to you. And so if you understand this, you understand the need to deal with it. And that is why this gift of the violet flame is such a magnificent dispensation for this age. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we kind of got to get our hands around it. It almost sounds in some way too good to be true. And yet we don't want that to keep us from the simplicity of it. And it literally is a gift of God that says, yes, you have sinned, you've made this karma, but here's a way you can accelerating that, balancing that karma, so that when the testing of the dark night comes, you have less burden and less weight upon you that might prevent you from passing that test. Yeah, you know, it's like you're riding the marathon. You don't want to run the marathon with, you know, 10 pound weights around your ankles. <laughs> no, it's, right. it's a little tougher hoe. Just think how much easier it is when those are gone. Oh, yeah. yeah. Well, you know, we, and I refer to us here in the studio and also the devotees of the ascended masters, we can certainly attest to the power of dynamic decrees in our own lives, you know, particularly for helping us through tough times. But decrees in violet flame are great when we're feeling good and when our lives are flowing in harmony with life. In other words, decrees in violet flame are essential to our spiritual well-being at all times, not just when the going gets tough, right? Well, absolutely, because we know when the cycles turn, they always do for people, Mm -hmm. and things will get tougher, whether it's an increment of karma, or it could be your family's karma, too, that you have to deal. It might not even be your personal karma. The use of the violet flame on a daily basis does two things. One, it transmutes karma, and it can build up a reservoir of light, so to speak, that you have light to draw upon when you need it or your family needs it or your loved ones that you want to draw upon that light. So it becomes a way of life. We either can be victims of our karma or we can have the victory over our karma. How we approach it determines that. And if we will take advantage of that, Mm -hmm. then we can make tremendous progress. Yeah, indeed. Yeah. Invoking high-frequency spiritual energies such as the violet flame is really an act of enlightened self-interest, I think. (laughs) Yes, it is. Our souls and spirits uh, need these energies in the same way our bodies need food and our lungs need air. Yes? Well, absolutely. And remember, God has determined in the footstool kingdom, the physical plane, we have to take the initiative. God will show us the way, but we have to put one foot in front of the other. So, like, doing nothing is Mm -hmm. not a solution, or knowing about the violet flame is not a solution. We have to use it, take advantage of it, structure our lives so that we can use it on a daily basis to address that karma. You know, if we don't exercise ourselves spiritually, like physical muscles will will atrophy. Mm -hmm. You know, they'll atrophy. And so, 
you know, we really have to do a daily devotion to God and use these energies. And that's how we build a momentum that will carry us through the dark night of the soul and the dark night of the spirit. We have to actually go to the gym, not just think about it. <laughs> I, th- I thought if you signed up, that was all you had to do. Yeah, you know, shoot. Well, anyway, you know, I would invite anyone listening right now to make a note to go to Amazon and look for our books on the Violet Flame. We have dozens to choose from, uh, but I would suggest two of our very handy pocket guides in particular that explain what the Violet Flame is and how to use it. You want to give us those titles, Sid? Sure, and I, I want to mention that these are really easy to read. I mean, they're introductory. Oh, yeah. No matter where you are, what your background, you can take advantage and use them. The first one is called Violet Flame to Heal Body, Mind, and Soul. Pretty mm-hmm. straightforward. Yep. And the second one is Access the Power of Your Higher Self. So both of those work together and can give you good background and explanation. How do I begin? Where do I start with the Violet Flame? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and again, if you go to Amazon, you'll find those under our pocket guides section. You know, they're small. They're only about 150 pages each, maybe. They're really easy to read and easy to carry with you. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and of course, you can always go to tsl.org and look through our bookstore for additional titles of interest. Well, that's a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Aside from Amazon. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Back to the Dark Knight. <clears throat> During the lecture excerpts we heard earlier, the Dark Knight is also referred to as the trial by fire. As we advance spiritually, our souls must be tested. Once we know why we're here and where we're going, isn't this fiery trial then exactly what we want? Well, it's certainly what our souls want. Yeah. And, it, you know, it's sort of like going to the dentist, you know. You, you don't really want to go, but you know it's for your own good. Yeah. And so, again, if you're prepared, it's a very different experience. You know, there are people on this planet that have become professional karma dodgers. <laughs> yeah. I know where they have avoided everything that causes them stress or difficulty or accountability. They'll literally walk away from situations. You can only do that so long. And God will say, enough is enough. You've had the opportunity Mm-hmm. Your tests are coming, your initiations, your karma's coming, ready or not. And so we don't want to be karma dodgers. You know, yes, we've all procrastinated a little bit. I'm sure every one of us has. But now is the time to get ready for the trial by fire. And that sounds intense, but when you think about it, it is the same fire that will consume this human dross, if you will, or karma in our worlds. It's the same karma that gives us eternal life. So, mm-hmm. excuse me, same far, fire that gives us eternal sure. life. And so it's this, you know, we want to be prepared one way or the other. So yes, it can be challenging, but you know, no pain, no gain. I mean, I hate to say that, but it's true. And, and Mrs. Prophet, I, she had a phrase that when I first heard it kind of, kind of set me back a little bit to think about it, but she said, pain is the portal to bliss. Yeah. And I thought, wait a minute, this doesn't sound right. But what it means is the pain will strip us of these aspects of our human consciousness and karma and our miscreation that will allow us to experience God in a much fuller and greater sense and literally the bliss of God. We can't, with this human stuff around us and our auras and our karma, we can't experience the fullness of God. If you want bliss and the spiritual life, then we got to get rid of this excess baggage. And that's where the trial by fire becomes a friend. Yeah, and I think, too, that there was... um that reference that Buddha made to all life is suffering, and assuming, of course, he meant human life in that right. level. Same thing, that the flip side of that is bliss. You know what? People suffer whether they're on the spiritual path or not. Yeah. So you can be the victim of your karma and everybody else's karma and just sort of wallow in it. And what people do is they look for escape. They go to sports, they go to alcohol, to drugs, to some way they don't have to deal with their lives. Right. That gets us nowhere, and I think we realize that. And so when we understand that God will help us to face this, 
no matter where we are on our path, no matter what we've done, if we want to take that first step, returning home to God, God will be with us. And if we study to show ourselves approved, to use the violet flame, we can make tremendous progress and sort of get on top of things instead of being engulfed by them. And right. isn't, that, isn't that what we want? We don't want to be victims all the time. It, no. gets, it gets boring after a while. Well, that's, that's the essence of accountability. And on that score, you know, this purging is something that if it's not understood as a process of personal accountability, it's easy to look outside ourselves for someone to blame, like God. Yeah, absolutely. You know? And, you know, in, at one level... You know, you see things happen to, you know, why do bad things happen to good people? That's mm-hmm. always the question that. Sure. And what they ignore is the karma aspect of it. You know, that somehow there's randomness in the universe and just bad things happen. There's no randomness in the universe. Everything is exact. And so before we curse God, let us look at ourselves and realize we are the effect of causes we have put into motion. But there is hope and there is grace and that is the violet flame and the mercy of God. But we have to take a stand and recognize this and invoke that light so that we can deal with this karma we're under. Indeed. Well, on that note, I think we're going to take a break here, but don't go away because when we return, we'll continue our discussion of the dark night of the soul with Sidney Bennett. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. Be extraordinary. Be the change. Right now, all over the world, warriors of light are working tirelessly to defend your soul's opportunity to achieve oneness with God. These spiritual warriors are keepers of the flame, and though few, the power they wield is greater than all of the weapons made by man. Founded by St. Germain in 1961, Keepers of the Flame is a non-denominational fraternity in the tradition of ancient spiritual orders. When you join, you'll receive a series of lessons that will introduce you to a vast and dynamic spiritual world. See for yourself. Access Lesson 1 right now, completely free, no login required. Simply go to tsl.org slash keepers, and in seconds you could be exploring a whole new world of practical Ascended Master teachings. Lessons are printed or available online for any time, anywhere access, and anyone can join. Discover your real self and explore your full spiritual potential. Become a Keeper of the Flame today and awaken to the light within. Please visit tsl.org slash keepers and prepare to accelerate. The Voice America 7th Wave Channel. are listening to The Open Door, hosted by Tom Schumacher and Terry Kennedy. If you have a question or comment about our series, please send your emails to webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org. Now, back to The Open Door. And we are back for another round of discussion of The Dark Night of the Soul with Sidney Bennett. Now, um, understanding that The Dark Night is actually a good thing, while we should welcome it, we will probably not be well served by trying to speed up its arrival. We should leave the timing to God, shouldn't we? I think that's uh, a wise decision. Um, <laughs> I knew sure. that was a meatball, but I had to throw it. <laughs> I'm sure we all understand that our plate is plenty full each yeah. day. We don't have to heap any more on it. Mm-hmm. But, you know, we trust in God. But, again, going back to the use of the violet flame, you know, we've been talking about personal growth, personal karma, the things we do to help ourselves. And what we can't lose sight of is that the violet flame is integral to the saving of this planet. And that's not too big a statement to make. 
because there is universal karma or planetary karma like there is individual karma. Mm -hmm. And so we can help the planet and help other precious souls of light out there that don't have this understanding by calling forth the violet flame to transmute world karma. And when you do that, you're also balancing your own karma. So we're not so self-absorbed that we forget the pain of the world because we know, friends, the world is in pain. And we can help alleviate that pain by invoking the light of God into the world that will lift a burden of millions of souls you may never see or encounter on the physical, but their burden will be incrementally lighter because you take the time to invoke this light that God can then use and multiply by all his grace and dispensations to help many, many more than just ourselves. Well, so universal uh, good is accrued through our own enlightened self Absolutely. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and it feels good that we can do something for the yeah. people on the planet. Indeed it does. You know, the dark night is a finite event. It will eventually come to an end. Is it true that for some the dark night will be brief, while for others it may continue for a long time, perhaps years? You know, I, I think it's there's a mystery there that we don't know. Every individual is different. Their karma is different. Um, what they've experienced in life is different. I wouldn't think, my experience is that, that difficult times come in cycles. Mm-hmm. And um, it's almost, think of it as a spiral. And the spiral will come around to the same point again, but as you're growing spiritually, you'll be at a higher vibration or a higher level to deal with that. So, you know, I would never presume to know what God wants us to deal with, what our individual karma is, or what we need to do. Or, at some point, even if we balance our own karma, God will ask us to take on some planetary karma and do that. So we kind of think of it as a way of life, not the dark night as being a way of life, but our service to God. And then one day we're going to wake up, and all of a sudden the sun's going to be out in a different way than we have (laughs) ever experienced in our life. Well, you know, and you just made this point, I think I want to stress it, that this is not a linear cycle. This is the ascending spiral. Absolutely. There's definitely a a vertical direction. Exactly. (laughs) Just like God, hopefully we're transcending ourselves daily. Yeah. Well, now yeah. here's a. I'm just curious about this. Um, after we experience the dark night of the soul, and not that perhaps we have yet, but assuming that we understood that we have experienced it, will we will still have some karma to balance? Well, you know, until you're ascended, I think you you can assume that you're going to be either dealing with your personal karma or planetary karma, mm-hmm. and in a sense, it really doesn't matter. Um, you know, which is yeah. which. I mean, obviously our goal is to balance 100% of our karma, and I think if that occurs, you'll know it. Yeah. God will show you that. <laughs> There'll be a parade. Uh, exactly. <laughs> um, but even beyond that, um, you know, as long as we're in physical embodiment, we should assume that we're going to be dealing with karma. And, you know, when we get done with our own, boy, what we can do for other people then, Service it will be life. tremendous. You know, and the planet can be changed. Um, you know, I was just reading the other day when Mother Mary said in one of her dictations, you know, if tens of thousands of people gave the violet flame, the change would almost be instantaneous on this planet. Imagine. So wow. let it begin with me. Yes. Mm-hmm. Earlier, we made reference to the dark night of the soul as the refiner's fire, as a process of purging and purification that burns away the bad stuff and leaves only the good stuff. <laughs> After the dark night, will we still <laughs> be able to function normally in our world or... Or will we be so changed that a normal existence will be hard to maintain? I mean, can we still hold down a job? Is that yeah. the question? Yeah, well, our friends recognize this. <laughs> well, I, I think it's, you know, I don't know what the new normal is, but you'll be, if the normal is your Christ self, you'll be much closer to that than you were before. You will be a different person. There's no question about it. And not everyone will like the new person. They yeah. want you to be your old self. But you will be happier. You'll feel lighter. 
You'll be able to do so much more to help people in every do, and that's the real normal, not what we were before. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a great concept. That Christhood is the new normal. I mean, could you? Yeah, what a, it's a great there's campaign. A, there's a bumper sticker. <laughs> I like that. Christhood is the new normal. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Sorry, I just it just took me to a nice yeah. place. We'll be back in a minute. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Oh. Returning now, <laughs> well, I think it's safe to say that whatever we may have thought of as normal <laughs> will never be the same after the trial by fire. You know, how could it when the ultimate goal of this trial is to be permanently endowed with sacred fire and fused to our Christ self? Again, we have no idea of the glories and the joy and the bliss that God has awaiting for us if we're willing to roll up our sleeves and say, look, I'm going to get through this stuff. I created it. Mm-hmm. It's appropriate I deal with it. Yeah. And with God's help and the dispensation of the violet flame, I'm going to move forward. And there is light at the end of the tunnel. But, you know, we can stay where we are forever and never go through it. But at the same time, there comes a, a, a stage in our evolution where God says enough is enough. Yeah. You can't, you're not, we're not going to spend eternity avoiding our karma because we have a certain amount of time to manifest the Christhood. And for some of us, we've already had a very long time on this planet. So there comes a time when we have to, you know, literally decide what we're going to do. Choose eternal life. As Moses said, choose life or continue to wallow in this unreality. And God at some point will say enough's enough. Your opportunity's over. And that, that may be hard to hear, but it's, it's the law. And God will never cut us off as long as we're striving or working or getting to that goal. But we can't go on eternity like this. It's just not going to happen. Well, yeah. you, you've made the point before, Sid, that um, the soul is not immortal until it has earned its immortality. Exactly. And this is the process by which the soul does, in fact, gain its immor- immortal status. Right. And, you know, we've talked about there's different ages of souls on the planet. And for some people, this is not it's not their time mm-hmm. that they need to make their ascension. They have a lot to learn. Mm-hmm. But th- for other of us that may have been around here a long time, God's <laughs> saying, look, you know, this is your time. Take advantage of it. I, mean, I was reading a dictation the other day where the master said, you know, you ne- we never had it so good like you've got it now. We had to deal with our karma without the violet flame. You have the violet flame. This is so different, so dramatically different, so profoundly different, that it would be the greatest crime of the ages not to take use, make use of this dispensation, this opportunity. And all you have to do is try it. Mm-hmm. We're not asking you to believe it because we're saying it. Invoke the violet flame. Do it for a few weeks, and you know what? You're going to find out your life is different. Yep. Yep, yep, it's true. In the first uh, lecture excerpt we heard earlier today, we were told that when we emerge from the trial by fire, we will be consumed with a fervent desire to share the fire that we have received with others. Should this come with a caution to be prudent, in other words, in our sharing so that we don't squander the newly acquired spiritual fire unnecessarily? Well, I think we need to understand that uh, there comes a time to sort of hide your lighter in a bushel, and there comes a time to, to not do so. So you have to know the event and the circumstance, and that's where yeah. attunement with our Holy Christ self, their I Am presence, you know, and the Holy Spirit will prompt us when to share and when not to share. Not everybody wants the truth of the teachings, and so we don't need to impose that upon them. But when you get the little tap on the shoulder from God says, share something with this soul, yeah. then you do so. You don't right. share the full you know, truckload, so to speak. <laughs> but just like you, all of us need to start out with a little bite, you give them that little bite. Yeah, well, I think responding to that prompting is the secret. Absolutely. Well, you know, we're rapidly approaching the end of today's program, and we're well aware that we've barely scratched the surface of the subject of the soul's dark night. So before we wrap things up today, would you be willing to summarize this concept of the dark night and 
In particular, leave our listeners with words of comfort <laughs> so that the prospect of the dark night is met with joy and positive expectation and not with fear or dread. Well, again, it all comes down to preparation. Work while you have the light. And we have the light. We have the violet flame. We have the teachings of the ascended masters. I mean, it's almost like all we have to do is walk through the door. And that's not to imply that it won't be challenging or difficult because some of this substance that we carry doesn't go without a fight, yeah. um, so to speak. It's <laughs> so ingrained in our psyche. So there will be periods of pain, but use the, use the teachings that the masters, the imitation of Christ book, the Bible, whatever it is. I used to sing myself Christian hymns to go to sleep at night mm-hmm. because there was such a comfort to my soul. But know there is a purpose and a reason for this testing. And if you can endure it with love, then you will emerge in the light victorious. And it's guaranteed that God has told us this, and I believe it. I believe it, too. I believe it, too. (laughs) Well, another hour has vanished, and it's time to wrap things up. I want to thank Sid Bennett again for joining us once. I mean, it's amazing sometimes what we cover here, and I'm just so gratified. So thank you. Oh, I am, too. And we want to thank all of you for joining us as well out there. Have any questions or concerns? Simply send them to us at webradio at tsl.org. That's webradio at tsl.org, and we'll do our best to answer you promptly. We will. And in the meantime, remember, though the upward path may be difficult, the rewards are out Out of of this world. God bless you, everyone. Thank you again for joining us this week for The Open Door. This program is broadcast live every Tuesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on 7th Wave Network. For more information about The Open Door and the Summit Lighthouse, please visit our website at www.tsl.org. We'll see you again next week. Right now, all over the world, Warriors of Light are working tirelessly to defend your soul's opportunity to achieve oneness with God. These spiritual warriors are keepers of the flame, and though few, the power they wield is greater than all of the weapons made by man. Founded by St. Germain in 1961, Keepers of the Flame is a non-denominational fraternity in the tradition of ancient spiritual orders. When you join, you'll receive a series of lessons that will introduce you to a vast and dynamic spiritual world. See for yourself. Access Lesson 1 right now, completely free, no login required. Simply go to tsl.org slash keepers, and in seconds you could be exploring a whole new world of practical Ascended Master teachings. Lessons are printed or available online for any time, anywhere access, and anyone can join. Discover your real self and explore your full spiritual potential. Become a Keeper of the Flame today and awaken to the light within. Please visit tsl.org slash keepers and prepare to accelerate.